The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Little after 9.30 this Thursday morning. Great to have you with us. Let's uh, go straight to our guest this morning, Stuart Ramsey, Sky News Chief Correspondent. Uh, Good morning, Stuart. Lovely to have you with us. Morning, Ryan. Uh, Thanks for being here um, and congratulations, if that's the right word, on your extraordinary uh, career in journalism. Um, Is it something that you aspired to do from your childhood or did you fall into it? I sort of fell into it, to be honest, because actually I was a drummer in a band. um, Tell us more immediately. (laughs) <laughs> I was a drummer in a band um, um, well, from, from about the age of 12 or 13, but, um, I, but I wasn't awfully good, I have to admit. And I was at university, played, joined a new band, played much more rugby than I actually played band and got kicked out. And um, a friend said, why don't you come and try journalism, which I'd always been interested in, yeah. but I'd never been particularly good at English. So anyway, I, I sort of joined into that, uh, worked pretty much for nothing for, for a few years. And uh, that's probably about... 36 years ago yeah. like that. And, and here we are today. you know it's funny you should mention that uh, drumming I was watching I saw, I saw photos of Phil Collins recently I'm sure you saw them and God what, what drumming has done to him physically it's probably just as well you kind of stepped away from the sticks yeah, I know, because he's actually quite poorly, isn't he? I, mean, yes. I don't think he can sing, and I think he has trouble playing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure why that is, but I know. Though I think they are back on the road, aren't they? Yes, they seem to be. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, that, that was a swerve in the road. We'll keep going with the, with the journal. I, mean, I remember when Sky News came on the first time on, on TV, and I was bowled over by it because we didn't really get American television, so I didn't know what constant rolling news looked like. But it was transformational, wasn't it? It was, and it's hard to believe that it was sort of so new, wasn't it? CNN had existed, of course, and um, but we didn't really see it very often. Mm. Um, I think they did one deal, I think it was one of the space shuttles um, exploded, and I think the BBC Two went live to CNN for the whole coverage, and no one had seen it before. Mm. And it was... Uh, transformational for, for, for television and has incredibly still going. And in fact, the format really has hardly changed at all. Um, and what what has changed now, of course, is the commitment there is to so many different media platforms yes. and the digital output, etc. And that's what's really moved on in recent years. But actually, if you like, the TV bit is pretty much the same. What I'm going to do, Stuart, with your permission, is to leap head on into what happened in February, if you don't mind, because I think most of our, our listeners now know uh, the, the ins and outs of the war in Ukraine. Um, I mean, it is it, to an extent a black and white issue with uh, Putin's war against this extraordinary country. Um, where were you that day in February? Where were you heading to and why? Well, interestingly, we were being attempting to head to a town called Butcher. Now, we all know of Butcher now, and we've seen what has happened yeah. in that uh, town. But of course, it was almost completely unheard of then. It's just outside of Kiev. We've been trying to get there all day to take, I mean, it is probably a 30 minute drive from the center of Kiev, maybe 40 minutes or so, but it had taken hours and hours and hours because of checkpoints. Um, Many of those checkpoints being quite jumpy, um, but they were all Ukrainian. Anyway, we reached basically the last one, the whole of the battle space had changed. We could see about a kilometer away, Russian helicopter gunships attacking uh, places near uh, to Butcher, and we concluded it was late. It was getting late. It was sort of afternoon, late afternoon. Mm-hmm. We decided it was simply too dangerous to go on, so we decided to return to Kiev. But all the roads we had travelled on were now part of the battlefield, so we had to find a, a different way through. And we came up to a checkpoint, a uh, police checkpoint, 
asked them the best route back that they could see, and they pointed us down a road. Now, I think a lot, something got lost in translation, I suspect. Maybe there was a turning we missed. We don't know. But anyway, we were told to go down this road. We could see a intersection coming up in front of us, and then a first bang on the car, I think the left-hand tyre, uh, burst as well in whatever it was that hit us. We sort of rolled to a stop and then uh, then the ambush started proper with a shooter in front of us and a shooter to our left, um, pretty much firing constantly um, at the car. What was remarkable, you know, what is not remarkable is this, this, this took place because we've known even then, but we've seen it since, uh, that civilians had been attacked in their cars mm -hmm. as they were attempting to, to, to get out of, of, of the battlefield. Um, what is exceptional is that Richie Mockler, our cameraman, rolled on it all. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's not unique. It's happened before, but it's very rare that you actually see the entirety uh, of an attack on, on what is ostensibly a civilian car. Well, you're in this car. Uh, you've got gunfire coming from all sides. Um, can you park Stuart Ramsey, Sky News chief correspondent, for a second and tell me what Stuart Ramsey, friend, you know, brother, son is feeling crouched in the back of that car as this is all breaking loose? Yeah, I, I, I we, we, we are, I'm very experienced at wars and yes. we are quite trained. But at that stage, we, we, the firing had started, it stopped. We thought it was a mistake. We identified ourselves as British journalists and, if anything, the fire intensified. And I remember thinking of my, my wife and my three kids who you know, are used to me being in dangerous situations, yeah. but I didn't think I was getting out of this one. I was convinced that was going to be it. And just before I was actually shot, I remember thinking, I know I'm going to die. I wonder how much it's going to hurt. And funnily enough, being shot... I actually brought me round, if you like, from this sort of, I'm just going to sit here, I know it's over, to, no, I'm not going to sit here, I'm going to get out. Wow. We Two uh, members of the team had already gone. Um, uh, Martin Valls, who's one of our uh, producers and our local fixer, Andre Litvenko, had actually got out. So there was me, Richie, and Dominique Van Heerden, my, my uh, producer, who were still in the car, realising that actually we had to get out at this stage and it was a matter you're sort of on your own there's not much you can do to help one another um and it really that was all i was thinking right so dominique left she's out there's just me and richie i'm going now richie it was very funny i got out of the car and i hear you can hear it on the tape with richie saying what are you doing and what i didn't realize i basically got out of the car and stood up and sort of wandered over oh, to God. the side of the motorway oh, no. and effectively dived down a sort of 40 foot um, embankment and landed on my head where I'm pretty certain I knocked myself out oh, because the next minute I remember well, the next thing I remember is Richie um, being next to me but I didn't see him come down the bank but he's probably about 30 seconds behind me I suppose. That is a hugely um, you know, existential moment if you wish uh, in the back of the car thinking as you say of your family and thinking oh, I wonder is it going to be painful um, and then in the, in the in the same breath, I need actually. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not into dying at all. I'm not thinking about the pain. I'm thinking about living and getting the hell out of here. As this was happening, you had to, you had identified yourself as a journalistic automobile. Uh, ordinarily, I would have thought, and I don't know, so you can clarify, Stuart. In the course of events, that you, you'd get a pass for that and say, "All right, get out of the way." You know, we're trying to conduct a war here. In this case, that wasn't the case. That that didn't happen. No, that's right. Now, we were, we've been told by the Ukrainian authorities not to actually put press on our car, oh. mainly because the Russian 
um, what they described as saboteurs had been driving around claiming to be foreign journalists. It, and basically, Ukrainians had said, you're more likely to get shot with it on the car than, than just slowly come to the checkpoint and, you know, getting your hands up. So that's why our car, which is just a little family saloon, um, with five people in it. But, you know, we've got armour on, but we're not wearing helmets. And you could never tell from a distance, what you know, who was in that car. Um, but once we identified ourselves, we, we, we thought if it was a mistake, they would uh, stop firing. They wasn't. And we know later from the police, both who came to get us, and then the next day where they tried to get our gear and stuff from the car, they came under heavy fire from exactly the same location. And another family a day later, according to reports from um, an, uh, another news organisation, uh, pulled up behind our car and two of the four members of the family were killed. Oh. Um, what the, mad, the driver, who was a man, was allowed to escape because he had a baby in his arms, but his daughter and his wife were killed. So we know that area um, was going bad. What I would say, just now we know exactly what was happening there because it's the road that leads to Butcher. And we know this is the M06 is what it, we were on, but it's also known as the E40. And all of that highway, um, you'll have seen pictures of, of, of bodies and cars. There's quite a well-known picture of a guy who gets out it's on a cctv and there's a tank on the road and he just gets shot dead that's literally about oh, a kilometer from where we were so what we suspect happened was that this was the forward operating place for the ukrainian sorry for the russian invasion of kiev from the west and that butcher was probably going to become its headquarters its, its staging post and that all the area around was now being flooded with russians this was very early days so we suspect that we just ran into one of the early forward teams yeah. uh, that the russians had put in place and their job was to kill us i mean there was no expectation of yeah. them not i mean they, they didn't stop firing at all Oh gosh, I have so many things to ask you. Um, for, first and foremost, are you okay with me playing the audio of that uh, attack on your car? Of course, yes. Of okay. course, I am. It's funny, actually. Interesting for for for, for your listeners. Yes. The audio is actually more disturbing, I think, than the yeah. video because you can hear the voices, etc. But uh, yeah, please, please be my guest. Oh, that's a bullet. That was a bullet. It wasn't. Something blew up under it. Something went bang. Okay. Oh, there's a bit of oh, hole. Oh, oh, there's a bit of hole. 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 Stuart, what, what, how does that feel to hear that now? Pretty horrible. <laughs> um, God, it's terrifying. Yeah, and it goes, you know, just in the car was three... Sorry, I'm a bit shaken by that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't no, mean no, to. No, no, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> okay. No, it's fine. But, you know, that's three minutes. It's about three minutes and 20 seconds of, 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 that, of Richie's shot where there's firing constantly. It actually gets on worse than, than, than that bit that you've shown there. But you can see how... How quickly it developed and um, how, you know, you do feel absolutely powerless because you, you know you have to debust. That's what it's called, right? You know you have to get out. But it's really easy to say that when it feels safer in the car, which it isn't, than it does than just being outside. 
but especially if you're not sure where you can get cover. We didn't really know if there was an embankment. I mean, anyone could have, we could have been a different part of the road, got out and had no cover whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, the embankment was there, it was very, very steep. I think both Dominique and Martin actually went over onto the cement, which just, they just rolled to the bottom. But um, luckily everyone is wearing armor. So yeah, it hurt, but it wasn't, you know, you're not gonna actually get seriously damaged. But staying in the car was not an option because you you would definitely are going to die. Dominique said to me, she said, I, I reached this conclusion, I will definitely die in the car. I might not if I get out yeah. and got out. And incredibly, she got out into the most enormous hail of bullets that somehow missed her. I mean, it, the whole thing is miraculous, by the way. Oh. I thought talked to um, friends who are in the military. They, they practice ambushing drills. I mean, they have no expectation of of anyone getting out of a car if it's a proper ambush. But for five people to get out is impossible, it's, it, it, it's, it's their take on it. Maybe one or two, but they would be so injured that they'd be finished off later. So, you know, with that, that is what is miraculous. The other thing, we don't know what happened to the left shooter. He definitely, see, my side of the car, there's bullets and the windows have gone, so I must have been hit from the left. But for some reason, he seemed to withdraw. What we don't understand and what we don't know is why there wasn't a follow-up. It was one, something that we were very concerned about. So we, we sort of escaped down the side of the motorway, then made our way into a, a factory unit, effectively, mm. where three caretakers sort of took us inside. We we now know, we know we're probably there for four hours. For about two hours of it, a battle continued outside. And what we think happened is that they were following up. They were coming to get us, but that a Ukrainian unit of some description, perhaps drawn by the noise of the firing, engaged with them. And that because it was definitely it was a firefight. It wasn't one way. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe that is what saved us, because after a while it went quiet. Um, we'd been in touch with the outside world by this stage um, and um, the police were asked, we now understand, by the country's secret service to come and get us even at night because they clearly had intercepts which suggest that our building was going to be attacked again or destroyed. We have told that it was, but we I can't confirm that. We, we just be told by the police that shortly after we left it was attacked, but we don't know that for certain. But we know that they did... They were instructed in the end to come and get us because they had told us they'd come in the morning, which he sort of expected because it was very dangerous. It was dark, dark by this stage. But they did come that night, thank goodness. I think it's so important. Um, this is journalism at, at its most pure and, dare I say it, important because when we look at tens of thousands of mostly women and children coming into Ireland, Stuart, and you've seen the same in the UK in some respects, that sound... That audio clip we played, which you lived through, is the sound of warfare in 2022. It is the sound of barbarism. It is the sound of why people are here. Uh, it, it, you, there are people here today who were in that car <clears throat> on different stretches of road around Ukraine. This is what you're... This is what you wanted to do. This, and this is why you're, you're in some ways on today to talk with us because... You represent, in some ways, the civilian um, experience of this horrible war. Yeah, listen, there was much discussion uh, at Sky News amongst the executives as to whether we should do this story. I got involved, my team got involved, uh, because, of the, you know, on the on the face of it, you could say this is just navel-gazing, aren't we brave? But it, well, it wasn't, and I'll yeah. tell you why. We wanted to show yeah. that this is exactly what is happening to ordinary people. There were many instances like this. The exception, as I said, is that we filmed it all. 
Our story was not about us, even though we were the people in it. The story is about is this is what is happening. Don't listen to people who say this is lies. People are still saying to me now, you know, unidentified Twitter, Twitterers who are saying you made it up. It's like, OK, yeah, yeah. so I actually get shot. Actually, you can see the sky. The car is there. Yes, It's being filmed. You know, it is there. And they still say it's not true. So it's important that we could get this out because, you know, the Russian machine is brilliant at saying it's just not true. And as we've said, I mean, the ambassador uh, to to Washington, uh, the Russian ambassador to Washington, which sent me commiserations and said you were shot by Ukrainians. We weren't. We have people saying that it didn't happen. It did. And it's happened to lots and lots of ordinary people, as you say, terrifying. They don't have training. They don't have body armor. They don't get out of the car. Simple as that. You know, the lying is... I've been doing a lot of reading and and watching and listening around uh, Putin's uh, uh, regime and the lie, remember the little green men uh, going into yeah. you, <laughs> you got, and I think I remember one of the presidents ringing Putin and saying, you, they're your guys, because I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he's a, just a brazen bully of a, of a, of a, of a, and he's quite evil, let's face it. Yeah, I mean, I was in, going back to 14, 20, 2014, 15, I was there for, for all of that from Crimea and, yes. and in Don, Donbass. I was in a base called Dubonsova. I was with true two Russian tank battalions <laughs> from Moscow. They were friendly. I was talking to them. Yeah. I used to live in Moscow. Right? We would just talk way about where my house was. Mm. And it's still that day, the, uh, Putin said they weren't there. Yeah. Then eventually it was put to him sort of absolute proof. And he said, well, they were on leave. Yeah, it was just incredible. It's incredible. Um, and it's already... with their tanks. <laughs> taking their tanks out for a Sunday drive. I mean, we're laughing because it is so preposterous. And as I say, it's Orwellian, the language that's used uh, and in the fog of war. I don't think all sides are blameless with, with this language. But, but in this particular case, we can say, certainly with Putin, uh, he's a congenital liar. And you talk about saboteurs. I just want to talk briefly about that because... He, Putin has, seems to have this other thing where he has this kind of hands-off approach where he gets these, he gets creatures, I think they're called the Wagner Group who come in or, you know, Chechen war lords or, you know, military death, like the black and tans maybe here once upon a time, but just the sort of slightly unhinged crazies that cause the the, the, the really barbaric terror in a, in a town or a village in Ukraine. Does that make sense as a question? Sorry, Stuart. Yeah, yeah, sort of deniable operations. That's it. Okay, That's and Wagner it. Group are, are renowned for this. Larry of course, he says that they're there to get rid of Nazis. The uh, owner-stroke leader of the Wagner Group has a swastika uh, tattoo. Yeah. So, you know, you'd be under no doubt the sort of people that uh, that mercenary organisation are. Yes. They've worked a lot in, in Africa. They've caused chaos in certain parts of Africa, so much so that you know, I think it's Mali, the French, have withdrawn because the Wagner Group was so active. They're effectively working against them. Um, they, they are used, like the Chechens, to come and do some of the worst Um, excesses. What we're seeing in um, Butcher, though, it doesn't seem that it was Wagner. It's quite possible I was ambushed by a Wagner group because it was so professional. I mean, it was, you know, it's unusual. I've been shot at loads of times. Mainly they miss. This is an incident where they actually mainly didn't miss. Um, and the pictures of the car are remarkable, just how, how many shots mm-hmm. were fired at it. But what's happening in Butcher, because the civilians who are there talking us are talking about them being, it seems to me, a fairly standard uh, Russian outfit. So, it's all about command and control. It's all about, I suspect, in Butcher that that, that that was such a mess of an operation that the local people paid because 
it was such a mess by the yeah. Russians and they lost a lot of men. And I suspect that's why they've gone slightly crazy. What we don't know is what's happening in some of the areas where they're still in control. Is it as bad as that we've seen as they've withdrawn from the north? Um, what we know that Mariupol in the south, for example, is being absolutely flattened. I don't know what's happening in the, the towns around where the Russians have moved in because they are there as well. But um, I think, you know, the indicators are if this is going to be you know, a, a huge war crime involving multiple yeah. sectors, yeah. not just that northern bit. But we'll see. We'll have to it, see. It, it, it is again um, that word, uh, Nazi. Uh, I keep thinking of the Nazis going into towns and taking out locals and and Jewish people, and it's starting to have that 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 ugly ugly echo of history constantly in the last forty eight hours. It does. And frighteningly, it, 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 it is frightening that it does seem to be repeating itself. I was in the Chechen war. Uh, the Russians did awful things there as well. Interestingly, again, really bad supply lines. So they pull off and just flatten places. Clearly, in this um, war, um, they intended to actually go in quick, at, occupy yeah, Kiev and, yes. and and change things. It went wrong, and so they've they've, they've resorted to that pulling back and just mm -hmm. using um, artillery and and and, and uh, long range missiles to attack uh, towns and cities. But it's it's when they occupy areas that it it is, seems to be pretty pretty nasty. And we know that thousands upon thousands of people are being bussed away into Russia proper. Goodness knows what's happened to them and how they're being treated. We we really don't know. Stuart, will you head back? Yes, I will. Um, once, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm healing well. I'm not 100% match fit right now. Yeah. Um, I think the team is, is going to have a little bit more time. But yeah, we have every expectation that we will go back. And um, uh, cutting across your rudely, does your wife hate you a little bit for that? Um, Tony is, uh, does actually have a, an issue sometimes with yes. what I do. I mean, I was with her, her and my uh, my daughter Tavy yesterday. We were discussing. I think it's probably I will be going back. She did make it clear. Well, both of them made it clear they weren't very happy, but mm. I think they sort of know that I probably will be. I don't necessarily have to go back and go straight to the front. I mean, there's loads more stories. It's probably just as important to do yeah. with the refugee crisis, etc. Yes. So you could probably go in, perhaps do more of a humanitarian side rather than just being shot at. <laughs> OK, Stuart, um, thank you so much. Real great to talk to you this morning. And that insight is extraordinary. I wish you every safe journey possible in your um, in your endeavours and maybe we'll talk again someday either in real life or uh, like this on Skype but in the meantime to you and your crew uh, thank you for your time and, and Godspeed Thanks very much All right, Nice to talk to Stuart Ramsey joining us live this morning uh, I thought my breathtaking um, uh, as I say insight and reflections on that that, that horrible, horrible war. Um, and as Mary in Wexford says, God bless Stuart and keep safe, grateful for all those brave reporters who are showing the world the horrors of Putin's barbaric war.